What's happening? Hey, guys. Hey, you guys. Remember that from the Goonies? What a great movie. I think I've said it before. Need to watch it again. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast. And today I am going into two more queen deep dives. But as I've said, going through, did I just sort of Wow, that was weird. Going through (laughs) these tracks for Queen's ninth album, their first and only full-on soundtrack album, Flash Gordon. Going through these numbers, these brief, succinct themes. They're not really deep dives. They're more surface level (laughs) because a lot of them are incredibly short. Not as much substance here. Although a lot of affecting emotion, a lot of storytelling, not just in the music, but of course in the dialogue that is infused into these numbers. Of course, Brian May has talked about that, that they wanted to include dialogue to tell the story, which is very necessary. It's a very important piece. It's vital to many of these pieces because they're so minimal that we need those words. We need that dialogue. And I want to talk about the dialogue from the film a little bit as we get into dives number 99 and 100. Today, this is the 100th dive day. I wanted to do something special. Alas, I couldn't come up with anything. So you're simply getting two queen deep dives today, back to back. I'm doing some of these tracks, these themes together, to continue moving the story along, and today we're doing two of them. So let's talk about the dialogue from Flash Gordon. First of all, raise your virtual hand if you've seen the film Flash Gordon. Yes? Yeah, me too. The first time I watched it all the way through was right before I began going into each song on the soundtrack for the film. And as I listen to these songs, the things that jump out at them out at me the most. There's two of them. One, the songs on their own stand, I think, a lot more, they're stronger on their own than hearing them within the context of the film. In most cases, not necessarily with Flash's theme, but I think when you're listening to this music, when you're listening to these themes independently of the visuals, you get a stronger sense of what this music does for the film. So that's the first thing I notice is when you listen to the songs alone, this feels much more dramatic, much more serious than the film, which of course comes across as quite camp, quite bright, quite funny in various moments. Also, the dialogue used within these themes is very well performed. I think it sheds new light on the performances within the film. As a whole, Flash Gordon is seen as a very over-the-top, camp, wonderfully horrible piece of cinema, if I may say so. Not everybody thinks the same way, but I think by and large, people say, you know, this is so good because it's so bad, you know, that kind of thing. Hence the cult status the film has acquired over the years. But listening to the dialogue, it's similar to listening to the music alone. It's very well done. And I think that speaks to the wonderful casting of this film. So say say what you will about the dialogue and some of the performances, some of the moments within the film. But I think many of these performers, these actors, 
we're putting so much into this and it comes across incredibly it's very convincing when you hear Ming or you hear Dale or you hear Aura speaking about their characters' motives, etc. It's a very well-done piece of art. And I, I think that says something about the, the dedication to this. And Queen, I want to talk about the versatility of the boys here for a second because I have touched on this time and time again as we've gone through all of these albums over these many, many now 100 different tracks, deep dives. These guys could play anything ever. Really, we've had a plethora of styles from them and not just because each of these four men contributed to the band. Each of the boys within themselves is also able to branch out into different realms of expression. Part of that is their affinity for so many different kinds of music. Part of that is their wanting to look into the future and the trends of the time. Part of it is nostalgia for styles from yesteryear. There are all these elements, these facets that go into the brilliance of what made these boys so incredible as a unit together. And you can hear that as we go through these numbers, even as brief and simple and stark as they are. In fact, these two today are some of the most minimal we're going to hear on the Flash Gordon soundtrack. The first dive number 99 is John Deacon's second and final contribution to the album called Arborea, Planet of the Tree Men. This song was also listed simply, titled simply as Man on the 1982 US LP. And the number for that, I actually wrote this down, 5E-518-B. That was the release, the serial number. Isn't that interesting how Arborea, Planet of the Tree Men, was simply abbreviated as man <laughs> on this release, which honestly, that doesn't make sense to me. That says nothing about what this track is. Calling this track the name of the planet makes much more sense because we're creating an atmosphere here. And John Deacon does this very well with completely minimal experimental new age synth arrangements where it's 66 beats per minute, 4-4 four, four time signature in the key of B minor. This is all strangeness, nature, men, swamps and trees and creatures in this strange place. A very mystical, misty, boundless echo of flute and these oohs and ahs that sound like they're from a distant corner of this new world. Truly a soundscape made of otherworldly animal sounds, dramatic dialogue, and minimal instrumentation. It's almost like a skit of sorts, an extension of Aura's Resurrection of Flash, which closed outside one just before this. There's a lot of dialogue here, a lot of welcome to the planet Arborea, this is what we're doing, etc., etc. This was never played live. And the reason I'm starting to say that again about these tracks is because we're coming up to some that were actually played so like most of the numbers on this album, this song, this piece, this brief interlude was never played live. But it's so important to the development of the story, as brief and minimal as it may sound. Very simple, effective, evocative, dreamy, almost spooky echoes of a synthesized flute. We're surrounded by those distant winds and this howling. This sounds more like a very 
succinct scene on a stage. Have you ever watched theater? been to the theater, an opera or something like that, and you have the pit and they're playing not melodies or harmonies or anything with any kind of structure. It's just sounds. It's just effects. That's what this sounds like. There's so much dialogue here. In fact, I can almost perfectly imagine the scene from the film. But it's funny, I have no memory of hearing this while I was watching it. I've noticed that with several of these tracks. I want to go back and watch the film again to pick out these themes because either I was that entranced by the dialogue and the scenes and what I was visually seeing, or some of these themes were not heard in their completion within the film itself, which is not entirely uncommon. Sometimes you get soundtracks for films and you think to yourself, I don't remember this. In the film, and the reason why is because there was either a brief version of it or it was simply omitted altogether. It's very strange the way that happens sometimes, but still, this is coming from John, this piece, and there is soul in the brief flute appearance, as simple as it is, the most minimal, sparse thing we've heard on Flash Gordon yet, even more than Freddy's The Ring, Seduction of Dale, which had a lot of dialogue, a lot of sound effects pulled from the film. So something about this, again, there is some soul here. There is something distinctly John here, but it's difficult to pinpoint, but it's there. And that's what I love about it is, again, we go back to the versatility, the guy's ability to go from, and in this case, we've got John, who we ordinarily get a lot of bopping, a lot of dancing, funk-filled pieces, a lot of energized, happy, bouncy things to something like this that is very dreamy, spooky, atmospheric, extremely minimal. Very impressive to have that kind of restraint and to recognize that this is all you need in this moment in time, in this story, in this film. But after Arborea, Planet of the Tree Men, we have a number from Roger Taylor, another number from Roger, our 100th Queen Deep Dive. Super excited as Raj, honestly. He is my favorite. This is Escape from the Swamp. And this is very interesting. Another one I don't remember hearing like this within the film. This is very dramatic, percussive, early jungle industrial. (laughs) It's very experimental. Absolutely. And we are at 92 beats per minute. In the key of A minor. The tricky way out, so this would seem. Ah, Roger... Those pitch-bent timpanies, the pounding, galloping drums here, the swelling, sweeping bass synth frequencies, they sputter, echo around us, effectively emphasizing that tension, the uncertainty our hero Flash must be feeling as he makes his way through the swamp, attempting to get out of there. This was never played live. In a way, was never played live. And I emphasize in a way because there's an echo of Roger's pitch-bent timpani here that appears in his timpani solos live. I'll talk about that more in a later deep dive, which is still on this album, by the way. But let's get back to Escape from the Swamp. This timpani, I admit... When I heard Roger's timpani solos in those many performances of the entire band, I didn't realize 
he implemented that sound into this, into this track here, and at least one more on the album. He changes the pitch on the timpani. Super clever. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone else do this so obviously. I have heard it, of course, but because it's almost a solo effect, it's right there in front of your, your ears. You can't miss it. And it's a funny sound. It's like, you know when you drop something in the water and it creates this really low frequency and it kind of goes boo like that? That's what we have here. Roger changes the pitch on the timpani as it resonates, as it's being played. Roger's tuned drums. And a fun fact, before Brian met Raj, he'd never seen anyone tune drums. I remember reading that comment that when Roger showed up to audition for the band Smile, Brian was really surprised to see someone come in and tune their drums. Of course, Roger had his own things to say about that, <laughs> but Brian was surprised. As a guitarist, he never thought about that. And I suppose a lot of people don't. You don't think about a drummer tuning your drums, but this is very important. Very important in a song to tune your percussion because even things like cymbals resonate on a note. So you want to make sure that your drums, the bass drum, the snares, Everything, the toms, everything is pitched in a way that resonates within the structure of your song, the keys, the notes you're using. That's a very important piece, a very important element. But back to Escape from the Swamp, electronic synthesized swells overwhelm us like this early accelerator instrumentation. If you work in, if you work in DAWs, digital audio workstations, presently, then you know there are instruments called accelerators. There are settings and such referred to as accelerators. And what this does is creates a pattern of notes. So you can hold down a note and this accelerator is programmed in such a way that it will create a beat with that same note. And sometimes it's as simple as like, da, 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 da. It's just the same note or a series of notes in a scale, perhaps, repeated over and over again. This is almost like an early version of that. This feels entirely different than Roger's earlier love theme, which I love. But this uses the same techniques, the swells of echoing and moody synthesizers, to an entirely different effect. And like the number before it, yeah, I don't remember this in the film. In fact, while I was watching the film, I was going through the track list on the back of my disc going, okay, this must be the moment where this happens. And I don't remember hearing much for either Arborea or Escape from the Swamp. But then I listened to these two tracks back to back on the soundtrack album. And I got to say, now I got to go back and, and watch the film again and listen closely for this because I swear these tracks as they appear on the album are not the same within the film. But anyway, that is Dives number 99 and 100 today. Two songs that are extremely minimal, but very effective and convincing. As we go through Flash Gordon, Queen's ninth album, and I'm just about ready to wrap it up today. I am still consistently impressed by the boys. Just across the board. Every single one of them has done something on this album already 
that is surprising and very impressive. And I think emphasizes even more their ability to take anything and run with it, to perform every genre ever, to give us something that we don't expect. Think about where we were in 73 and 74 with these boys. Think about the bombastic, over-the-top, overproduced, and I say that with much love, albums we, we had at that time. To restrain in any way was foreign to these guys. But as they progressed through their albums, we've heard moments of restraint that were beautiful and stunning and evocative. And I think they've learned that sometimes less is more. And here, less is definitely more on Arborea, Planet of the Tree Men, and Escape from the Swamp from John Deacon and Roger Taylor, respectively. But that is all from me today, guys. I'll be back next time. I think I'm going to do three, three songs because they simply flow from one to the next. Cannot take them apart. It is the perfect, complete vibe coming from these next three tracks. And I'll be sure to go over all of them with you in detail in my next three Queen Deep Dives. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. I will be back to hopefully bring some more interesting, intriguing stuff to you that you didn't know before. And maybe, actually, do you know what? Next episode, maybe I'm going to divert. Maybe we're going to talk about something different. I wouldn't mind a little diversion away. But that's for next time, you guys. Have a great, bright, sunshiny day and a sparkling evening. Later. <laughs>